1: Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen, and today I'm talking comics. In fact, I'm talking about one comic in particular. Justice League, number one from May of 1987. The credits are as follows. Keith Giffen, plot and breakdowns. J.M. DeMatteis, script. Kevin Maguire on the pencils. Terry Austin, inks. He inked it. He's inking the crap out of this book. Gene D'Angelo is on colors. Bob Lappin is the letterer. And Andrew Helfer was the editor. So this is the Justice League title that sprang out of Crisis on Infinite Earths. If you're not aware... Back in 85, 86, DC decided they needed to reboot their continuity, get rid of the multiverse, start over with one fresh world, one fresh universe, none of this other multiverse crap. And so they created Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I am talking about over on Event or Else. Check it out if you want to. But if you're already subscribed to the Everything or Else feed, you're already listening to it. Anyway. Once that series was over, once those 12 issues were over, they started to kind of reboot, revitalize, refresh certain titles. John Byrne uh, gave us Superman. Um, Mike Grell gave us Green Arrow. And Giffen, McGuire, and Day Mateus gave us the Justice League. This was not your daddy's Justice League or your mama's Justice League. This was a different take on the Justice League. Looking back on it, most people refer to this era as the ha" era, primarily because there were instances in which the characters would laugh heartily and say, ha." But this was more of a, if, if it could be said that uh, a sitcom was made about superheroes, that's what this Justice League was. It had comedy and drama. And it was almost like everyday real life superheroes to a certain extent. It was, it was probably the closest that DC has ever come to making their books feel like this could happen in real life, at least up to that point, from what I recall, having not really read a lot of DC before then. So I'm talking out of my, my behind here. So we've got a new Justice League coming together and the members are Batman, Captain Marvel, or you know him now as Shazam, Martian Manhunter, Black Canary, Blue Beetle, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, The he's a Green Lantern, and Mr. Miracle. The book opens up with Guy Gardner sitting at the I guess you would call it the conference table in the main hall, the main room of the Justice League headquarters. And he's, uh, he's thinking to himself that basically when the, everybody comes together, he is going to announce that he will lead, he will run the Justice League. We quickly learn that Guy Gardner is a cocky, arrogant uh, kind of guy. He, he loves Rambo. He loves Ronald Reagan. He is a cocky, arrogant, meat-eating in-your-face conservative Republican who's ready to leap into any fight and kick anybody's butt. That's who Guy Gardner is. And he's got a bowl cut and he's pretty funny. He's pretty funny in this book. So as he's sitting there thinking about this, members start to arrive. Black Canary is first and then Mr. Miracle arrives and they're coming in by this teleportation tube. And, uh, Mr. Miracle has with him Oberon, who is a dwarf, and um, Oberon is kind of like his manager. He doesn't; he's not a super powered guy. Mr. Miracle does a lot of; he's like an escape artist, so he does like TV appearances and stuff. And Oberon is his manager. Uh, right away, Guy Gardner gets into it with Oberon. He's uh he's kind of mouthing off to uh to Black Canary who's not she's not taking any of his crap. She from the get-go, she's holding her own. She's not taking any of his crap from him. Oberon kind of steps up to uh to Guy Gardner and uh th- those two end up getting into it. Captain Marvel shows up and before you know it there's there's just this all-out brawl going on in the main room of the Justice League headquarters. That is when Batman arrives. With another member of the justice League I neglected because he's really not in this issue at all Dr. Fate, and they walk into this to to the, the the conference room area, and there's just the rest of the justice League and they're having a big brawl and uh I think he makes a comment this happens anytime you get superheroes together in a room at one time this is this is going to happen batman- uh dr Fate suggests, you know, he uh, volunteers to uh, break it up. And Batman says, no, I'll I'll take care of it. And he just walks into the room and everything kind of breaks up. Everybody notices him there. He's walking calmly across the room. People are separating. And he goes right up to Guy Gardner and he basically tells him to sit down. He's like, sit down. And Guy Gardner's like, okay, whatever. Batman is a very commanding presence. And so he uh, he brings the first meeting of this new Justice League to order, and he does it by reading off of reading off their charter first, which you can see everybody at the table as he finishes up reading the charter. They're all very bored. And um, Batman doesn't care. Batman is by the book. He's by the rules. He is the straight man in this in this comic. Batman is your straight man. Well, then we go to, uh, this, this guy who's watching all this stuff on the news. He's got this bank of monitors. He's like a business guy. He comes, he comes into the office. The secretary says hello to him. He goes into his office. He turns on all of his TVs. He's watching all this footage about the new Justice League and, uh, he's scrawling on a piece of paper. And at one point he writes down Justice League of America and then he scratches out the of America. Then we find out. Then we go to uh, the United Nations, and we meet Doctor Light. Not now. This is this is where I get kind of confused in the in the DC continuity because there, from what I remember, from what I've read, there are two different Doctor Lights. There's a female Doctor Light who is a good guy, and there is a male Doctor Light who is a bad guy and caused a big ruckus and identity crisis some years ago. But this is the female Dr. Light. She's a good guy. Uh, she's at the United Nations. She's supposed to present something. And her Justice League communicator starts beeping. And so she's she's in the bathroom or wherever, and she's trying to shut it off. And I have to note, granted, this was 87. But this this Justice League communicator device, and it's more of an alert. The only thing you ever see it do is it beeps out at you, and then you can switch on an alert to, to alert the other members of the Justice League. Well, it's a big round disc with a switch in the middle. And I have to assume, granted, again, it, it is 1987. And the technology in 1987, while still fairly advanced, we, the, America was still a fairly advanced society. Uh, it's not what it is now. But they did have beepers back then. And beepers were not nearly as big as this giant disc. That uh, was bigger than her hand, and yet all it had on it was like a switch. And I, ha- I, you would think that the, it, the Justice League would be able to, you know, freaking, with the resources that the Justice League has, that they would have, they, they could have created something a bit smaller. But let's just get past that. So we find out that she, uh, this this businessman, Maxwell Lord. Visited her at one point and invited her to join the Justice League. Now he has nothing to do with the Justice League, but he tells her that he does, and he gives her the communication device. Once she gets it shut off, she suddenly discovers that there are terrorists in the UN and they've taken over. And there's a guy up on the 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 di- the dais uh, in front of the whole um, collection of of of. Representatives, and he's got a bomb biografted to his chest that is going to go off if he dies. And there's actually a very funny moment where there's news footage of what's going on, and the you you can hear the 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 anchor talking about this, and the anchor is talking to a uh, I don't know I think it's I don't I can't remember if it's a psycho I think it's like somebody from Star Labs. And the the anchor says something like, now, based on what you can see here in this footage, Doctor, is it true that that bomb would go off if this terrorist is killed? I mean, if the terrorist dies, you know, knowing that the plan would be to go in and shoot this terrorist in the head. But they want to make sure that that's not going to happen. So anyway, Dr. Light activates her device. It alerts at Justice League headquarters. Batman's really confused because all the members of the Justice League are there, but it comes up on the computer as Dr. Light. He's even more confused about that, but they all pile into the bug. This is the Beatles' big, beetle shaped airship, and they fly over to the United Nations. And Batman, he takes charge, of course, and he has certain jobs for everybody. Guy Gardner wants to just fly in and, and mop it up. But Batman is, you know, telling him, nope, this is what you're going to do. And it seems like everybody he gives an order to. This is Black Canary, I want you to do this. Uh, Captain Marvel this and, and Blue Beetle this and all that. Everybody questions. Everybody, nobody just takes his orders, you know, as, as, you know, are you sure you want me to do this, Batman? Maybe I could do this. And he's starting to get really frustrated. Why is everybody questioning my orders? Well, the Blue Beetle... During this whole affair, he's stuck up in the bug and he's monitoring communications. And it's a really funny moment because he's up there and he's very, he's very disgruntled because he could offer a lot to this group. But of course, Batman has him up there monitoring the communications. And he's actually um, tapped in to the terrorists, um, you know, radio feed and so as the as the rest of the Justice League are in the United Nations building as they are taking out terrorists, you know, the the main guy is is a you know, terrace number one, please check in. And then the blue beetle will respond, and he's like, at one point, he's got his finger, he's plugging up his nose to do like a funny accent, and he's like, "This is terrace number one. Uh, 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 everything is okay over at my end." And he feels very embarrassed about that. He's like, uh, "This is this is what I'm doing. I'm the blue beetle. I should be doing more. This is ridiculous." Guy Gardner, on the other hand, what he is supposed to be doing, he uh, instead of storming the United Nations building and just taking everybody out, which is what he wants to do. Batman has him hovering above the United Nations building and he's using his ring to create a force field over the entire structure to keep everybody inside. But then once everybody is in place, he 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 triggers the plan to go, and that's when he uh part of his plan is to have Blue Beetle, not Blue Beetle, Guy Gardner fly in, and he uses his ring to knock out all the terrorists. And the, there's only the one guy left, and he's the guy with the bomb to his chest, and he's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna blow everything everybody up. You guys better back off because I'm gonna do it. Don't mess with me." And Batman says, "Go ahead," and he has Mister Miracle evacuate everybody. And the guy's like, "I'm not joking. Don't test me." Batman cuz I'll do it. Batman's like, "Hey, you do what you got to do." And then he leaves and we find out later that the that the terrorist ends up committing suicide cuz he his his bomb wouldn't go off and you find out we we end up at the end of the issue back in Maxwell Lord's office. And I don't think we see his face in the entire issue. They may not even we may not even know that his name is Maxwell Lord at this point. I I honestly can't remember now. But he's watching the footage on the on his TVs. And he's thinking to himself, gee, it's too bad that the terrorist bomb didn't go off. And then you see that there's this mechanism on his desk. And he goes, well, maybe I should have given him the firing pin to the bomb. And then that's how it ends. And so who is this guy? What is he doing? Why is he hiring terrorists? Why is he telling other superheroes that they're in the Justice League? What's going on? And, of course, you learn as you read the rest of the series and I, I was reading these as as they were coming out. At one point, um I think my older brother was getting them because I wasn't I wasn't quite well it would have been eighty seven, so I would have been uh maybe a sophomore in high school at this point. But I don't think I was driving into comic book stores and buying comics at that point. I don't I I don't think that was happening for another year or two. So I think the early issues my brother was getting. And once I started collecting comics and I was buying the issues later. And I remember really, really, really enjoying this title. And at one point, the, the, the book is called Justice League. It's not called the Justice League of America because Maxwell Lord comes in and he does end up becoming a part of the Justice League, he wants to take it international. He doesn't want it to be just the Justice League of America. He wants it to be international. And then, it, and then at some point, a second title comes in called Justice League Europe. So they, they changed the name of the book to Justice League International for a little bit. And then they bring in another title called Justice League Europe uh, that had characters. like I think The Flash was in Justice League Europe. You had uh, Captain Atom, um, Fire and Ice, I believe, no, I think Fire and Ice ended up on Justice League, the regular series. I don't remember. It's, it's been a long time. But I know that Bart Sears was the artist on Justice League Europe. And he's very he's a very stylized, muscly uh, kind of artist. Matter of fact, he did a column. I think it started out in Wizard Magazine, but he did a thing, a drawing tutorial column called Brutes and Babes. And that sums up his art right there. Brutes and Babes. Um, but I got the first trade, the first Justice League International trade from Comixology. And I'm really looking forward to going through, and I think there, there might be five or six altogether, but I'm really looking forward to going through and reading the whole series. I remember the the character, the villain Despero, if that is his name, he shows up, he's an alien despot that, that I remember that, um storyline being really good. I remember there being moments of just utter silliness, but then moments of real dramatic tension, heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, heartstrings pulling type of stuff. And that to me that's the those are the best stories. Anytime that you can you can read a story and in in some moments you're laughing and it's just pure silliness and and you love these characters so much cuz they're so funny and they're so real and and then but then you twist it and something really bad happens and then that makes you even that makes the the drama even more well dramatic because you've seen the lighter side and you've you've grown to like these characters because of it you know you start some of these some of these stories that are just dark from the get go and they never go anywhere they're just dark 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 that gets old after a while you have to have the light and the dark. You have to weave it in and out. There has to be, and it's it's not easy to do. And, uh, but I think those make the best stories. Stories that on the surface, you know, I think for a lot of people, they look back at the Justice League International books and they dismiss it. That's why they call it the Blah Ha League. They dismiss it as just a bunch of three stoogery type of stuff, but it, but it's not. And I think that's—I think it's a shame that people dismiss it like that at, at times, because there are some really, some just really deep, deep stories in there that, uh, that, uh, that are really deep, deep and meaningful. Obviously, I'm not writing for this book because I can't think of anything to say about it. Goodness gracious, that was terrible. Anyway, Justice League issue number one, great book. Looking forward to reading the rest. This is your episode. I'm Steven, and I'm Just Another Fanboy. Be nice to each other. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Steven or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stevenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Orr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at else.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at or else I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye,
0: Daddy. Daddy. Good job.